Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey. Oh. Oh, <laughs> Recorded <laughs> live. <laughs> that is so funny. Hi, I can't turn that. I can't turn that off. It's so funny. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's, that's, that's a grand entrance. That's a what? Oh my god! That's a grand entrance. I know, right? Okay, so, so first, I just have to let you know that uh, today is the first day that school is out. <laughs> so, oh my, 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 my kids are home. They're fine. They're occupied, but they're a little excited that school's out. So, <laughs> oh, well, that is so early. Lucky them. Yeah, I know. But they go, they go back really early. They start the first week in August. Oh, okay, so, okay. Yeah. So, um, when, when we lived in Texas, we didn't get out of school until like the second week of June, and then they went back like the first week of September. So it's been an interesting adjustment having them out in the middle of May every year. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So but it's fun. It's fun. And it's the spring. I think it's not as hot. So that's always good because we can do more stuff, I feel like. So. Awesome. Well, how are you all doing before we get started? We're doing pretty good. <laughs> you good? Okay. Yeah. And anything you want to update me on in the past couple weeks? Um, well, we've pretty much established our contributors. I think we have about 12 contributors um, okay. that we want to get rolling. Maybe sometime in June is the goal, um, and just kind of having a format for how they will be contributing. But okay. we actually have um, a couple. There are couples. There's individuals. We have one that does, like, foster care. Although the set family ministry is a focus, we get so many questions on that that I think having that element to it will only be beneficial. Um, okay. So, yeah, I think that's the, the newest thing that we have rolling is the the contributors page and trying to figure out how will we best utilize the contributors now. Okay. So for, by contributors, do you mean they're going to be writing posts for your site on those topics? Right, posts, posts for the site. And, oh, um, also really starting to think through some, and I don't know if this is in the near future, some conference ideas. So. We kind of talked mm-hmm. about having the Baby Blended Conference as a couples conference, but then my husband um, had an idea of Husbands Love Your Wives for the men. And then mine is another thought process we have, which is Selfless, uh, which is like a women's ministry that God kind of gave me, which um, means seeing every little flaw less. And so the women's conference would kind of be um, surfaced around makeup. So I was kind of excited about God giving me that idea as far as blending and makeup and seeing every little flawless. So. Okay, awesome. And what did you say at first, the women's conference, self um, Selfless. So like selfless. the self okay, seeing every little flaw and then less. Okay, no, that's fine. I just didn't hear the first word, so that's awesome. Okay, let me ask a question about the contributors. Um, did you say you were trying to decide a format of how they're going to contribute? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess the um, thing is, like, how often, 
definitely coming up with those um, four things that you had mentioned we'll be talking about is going to help make sure that everybody is on the same page as far as taking people through the journey, but just what that's going to look like with how often they're going to contribute and um, content-wise and things like that. Yeah, and there's an email that Rachel, I mean, Rachel already kind of formatted and sent out, I mean, to the ones we have so far. Uh, that's okay. that's our ideas, which she can send you, so then you can kind of let us know if we should change it or whatever. Yeah, no, that's that's why I was asking. And I, a long time ago, I used to be on a contributor site um, myself when I used to write way back when. And then I have several of my clients who manage them. And so the reason I'm asking is really to get a good understanding of having a process for you all because contributors right. are fabulous because they add in kind of an additional voice and different perspective to what you all are already trying to communicate. And then they also bring readers with them. So that's good. Yeah. Um, right. one, of the cha- one of the challenges honestly has more to do with the administration of it, right? So right. What, I was, what I was gonna say is just make sure that your, your conversations with each of your contributors is not just like a verbal, like make sure we have a document that gives them, you know, a schedule and an agreement and timelines and how to submit their work and all that kind of thing. Um, okay. So there's just, so there's just clear expectations. Does that make sense? Right. Absolutely. Um, I, and I was with the well, that's kind of how I met you through the contributors, the fish um, contributor page. And there's definitely uh-huh. things I understand that I don't necessarily know how to implement all the administrative things. So that's kind of what I'm still in the process of learning yeah. how do you really carry a contributor page. Yeah, and, and there's really there's two ways you can do it, to, to be honest. The first way is where you just have an agreement that says, you know, you're agreeing to post, um, and I'm just throwing numbers out there. This can be whatever we decide later. But, you know, maybe each of your contributors is going to be asked to post once every eight weeks, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, you would give them a, a due date and you would have a schedule, you know, of who is responsible for posting, you know, or who is going to go live on which date. And then okay. you would give them a, a method to submit their blog post to you. Like in your case, um, you could do it like via email. You could say, okay, by the 15th of the month, of each month, you need to submit your guest post. Um, you know, in a, in, a, in a Word document with any pictures attached, with whatever byline you want, whatever, just all in one document. And then you all can go in and do all the scheduling, you know, transferring it from email into a blog post, making sure the formatting is right and all that kind of stuff. Um, that's, the, that's the easiest way to do it up front to where you're just having to manage the schedule, you know, following up with people. Um, and when we first started our contributor site years ago, um, we used like, um, you know how in Google Calendar you can send an assignment or a, a meeting invite or you can send a task, like a due date task? Yes. Are you guys aware? Okay. So we would manually send a reminder, you know, to that person saying, hey, your blog post is due in five days. Okay. Hey, your blog post oh. is due today. <laughs> so it was just kind of scheduled yeah. out. Um, so that's one way to do it. Um, the more complicated way to do it is to have each of your contributors um, registered on your site um, as as a not necessarily an administrator, but as a contributor. I need to look at your your um, website program to see what they allow. But like in WordPress, 
we could give people access as a contributor, and all they could do was log in. They could type up their blog post and add their images and save it, and then it showed up to, to the editors as a draft. So they would go in and yeah. review and make their changes. But that's a little more complicated, right? Because right. You're, literally, you're literally giving them a username you know, and a password to the dashboard of your site with limited functionality. I mean, they can't go in and change your website or anything like that. Um, so that's, that's another way to manage it. Um, so really, you two just need to figure out what's going to work best with your schedule. Um, but, I, but, I, but I do feel like um, having, it, just from my experience with them, having very clear expectations, you know, one-page document that says, you know, we're expecting, you know, a, and, and I know it sounds kind of stuffy, <laughs> but what it does no, no, no. is, is it, it removes ambiguity, right? And it, and it removes, um, especially if you're like friends with some of the contributors or you know them well, it kind of removes that level of feeling like you have to give grace. And, and hear my heart on this, okay? <laughs> well, I'm not saying you have to be mean to people. But, like, sometimes when you're in relationship with people, it can be harder to kind of stick to guidelines and stick yeah. to th this is what needs to happen. So just having that up front and having – pardon me? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I thought – I'm sorry. I thought I heard something. Um, so just having, you know, the guidelines of, you know, this is what we're asking you to do. You know, the posts need to be between, you know, I don't know, 500 and 600 words. We want an image. You know, this is even the format. You know, could you write it in this format? I mean, you, or you could just tell them to be open-ended. But the, these are the things you need to decide. Like, do you want them to write just a free-form blog post? Or do you want them to have headers? Or do you want them to follow a certain format? Like, like all of that outlined up front so people understand, you know, what they need to do and when they need to turn it in. So okay. it, it can be – sure. Uh, as far as – so I guess i got two questions. One question is, I guess what's the – I know you said like the contributors actually signing up to your mm -hmm. website, like how WordPress is, because we are um, going to transition over to WordPress. So okay. I guess – my question to that, my first question is, what's the complicated part outside of actually transitioning our website over to WordPress? After we do the transitioning part, what's the complicated part about, you know, giving them the username? Because it's not like it will be easier once you did that part of it, then they can just go in and, and upload. It's, it's more of a training education piece is really what can make it challenging, right? So from your end, you know, you would just go into, there's like a user's functionality in WordPress where you would add a user and then you would assign them, you know, whatever level of administration you want to give them. Um, and so they would receive, like when, when you set them up, you'd give them, you know, a username and I think you can generate a password and they'll get an email that tells them, this is your login, this is your password. But it's more of an education training, making sure they understand and, and basically that they understand that they can log in, they can add their posts, you know, not to schedule it, to, to save it to drafts. So it's really just an education piece is really the bottom line. And it does make it easier because you guys don't have to, like, cut and paste things from, you know, a Word document or from an email into the blog post. You don't have to handle that administration. Um, but really, you just solve that by, if that's the route you want to go, then it's really just creating a one-page document um, for them so they know what they're supposed to do. You know, on this, by this date, log in with your username and your password. 
you know, set up your blog post with whatever images you want to use and, and save it to draft, and this is how you do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the other, the other route of having email to us is the easier route just from my experience um, just because, like, when we did that with the mom squad, um, we would have, like, little behind-the-scenes techno, technological issues. Like, if we wrote it on Word document and then copied and pasted it into the blog, then it was an issue. And this little okay, thing, yeah. so having them send it to us makes it easier for those technicalities. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. The cut and paste from like a Word document into WordPress can kind of mess up formatting sometimes. So, you know, having them go in directly, especially if they're, they're savvy with posting blog posts, if they know how to use it, then you won't have a problem. And um, it's just when we had the earlier contributor site, we had people who had never blogged before, you know. And I'm of the philosophy of just give them the information they need up front in case they need it. You know what I mean? So all I'm, ta- all I'm talking about is like a one-page document that kind of outlines the expectations and then a one-page document that kind of tells them how to submit, you know, in what format or however you want to do it, and just having it easy- easily available for them. Now, I, I don't know how um, – you said you were part of the mom squad. How do they communicate, like, due dates and assignments and all that kind of stuff? So, um, we would create a calendar so um, okay. everyone would kind of okay. know. I did send you a copy of the email that we sent to the contributors, and then okay. I mean any suggestions you would have on that email, you know, we can kind of okay. talk through or email back okay. and forth about it. So yeah, okay, no worries. And when I was on the contributor site, one of the things that we did is we did have a private Facebook group. This is totally up to you all. I mean, you can manage it through email if you want to. Um, but when we did ours, um, we had a Facebook group that was just the contributors and our you know, the owner of the site. And so they saved some of these files in that group, you know, the expectations, how to post, uh, you know, all, all the instructions on what to do if you couldn't get into the website, that sort of thing, um, so that the owners weren't having to field emails about that. It was just all in one place. Um, and they often – they would post the schedule in there as well. Okay. Um, so, so, again, you can, and you can easily do something like this in, like, if all of your contributors use Google, you know, you could do this on a Google Drive. You know, you could do it on a Google Calendar. It's really just um, trying to prevent you all having to answer administrative questions and just basically giving people access to what they need to be doing and when. Um, another way to do it is uh, I'm thinking through, like, on WordPress, you can actually set up, you know, a page for your contributors that's not um, – uh, that it's private. Does that make sense? And so, like, they would have a, U- a URL, you know, to, um, you know, better than blended slash contributor information, something like that. And when they cl- click on the link, they have to enter a password, and then it opens up, and it has all this information. So nobody outside can get into it but you can actually just put it like on a page on your website and then all you'd need to update each month is the posting schedule. Okay. See what I mean? Yeah. So that might be the easiest. As we're talking through this, I'm, I, I, I'm a big believer in trying to find the easiest way <laughs> to right. get information to people. Um, so you know, yeah. I mean, the Facebook group is, has its, is a, they're a pro of it is there's a little bit of community, right? The authors can connect with each other and ask questions and stuff like that. Um, but then you have to administrate it. Um, the benefit of um, Google Drive 
painful. And actually, now that I'm saying it, I don't think I would tell you to use Google Drive because it's too easy for someone to accidentally type over something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So I, I would honestly go the route of the private page on the website or the Facebook group just to have kind of a, a place where people can go when they have questions so you're not getting a bunch of emails from everybody every time. Okay. Well, that's that helpful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. I think that's great. And and also, what I also love about contributors is it saves you all the ability of having to constantly create content, right? Exactly. Yes. Individually. <laughs> so that's good. Okay. Um, let me get out of what I was typing for this. Okay. Conference ideas. And I've also, just so you know, um, we're not going to talk about it just yet, but I have been looking around trying to find different conferences that might fit your message. So we'll definitely okay. talk about that in a little bit. Um, the thing with conferences, as you know, um, and especially going to conferences and pitching to like the breakout session or keynote or whatever, is a lot of those are booked like a year in advance, right? So right, right now, right now, I'm trying to find anything at, towards the end of the year, you know, that we might be able to see if they have any need for like a breakout session, right? Because sometimes they they need those more than they need a keynote. And then right. the, breakout se the breakout sessions are a really good way to get in the door of a conference, right? So once oh, they've wow. seen you speak and once they've seen you engage with, you know, a smaller group of people, they're more likely to remember that for the next year and then potentially bring you on for more without you even having to ask, right? Okay. So that's something I'm working on. Okay, cool. Okay, so I did go over um, your answers to the homework. So you guys did a great job. Um, I wanted to... I wanted to ask you, um, just as you all, uh, did you guys do it together or did one of you work on it and then someone, how did you guys process all this? We did it over the phone. Okay. So we did awesome. it for the most part. Okay. Okay. So what were your, what were your thoughts as you worked through the business and ministry focus list especially? I mean, was there anything that surprised you about um, kind of what you guys were coming up with when it came to... And um, what are the tasks that you guys can only do in your business ministry, delegation, all that kind of stuff? Was there anything that surprised you, or did it seem to make pretty much sense with how you've been operating? Yeah, it's pretty much how we've been operating. Okay. okay. Yeah, the, the fact that there wasn't a lot that we wasn't we – was, the fact that we didn't know what we didn't, we didn't need to delegate. We were trying to figure out, like, well, what do we need to delegate? And then we came to the conclusion that, we're not afraid to delegate anything. It's just we don't know what could be delegated or what we should as far as that. Okay. Kind of for us. Okay. And that's actually common, to be honest. And what's good is that you're not afraid to delegate if, if you're made aware of something that needs to be delegated, right? And I think, right. um, you know, one of the struggles when you have your own ministry and it's kind of an entrepreneurial effort if you think about it. Like the, the oh. most people that run ministries or run business businesses have basically a get it done attitude, right? We're going to do whatever it takes <laughs> to get it done. Yeah. Um, and a little bit of, um, especially at first, we don't always have other resources, right? We don't always have a lot of money or um, people, you know, to kind of come alongside us. So there's kind of that inherent thought of, you know, this, this is my ministry, I'm responsible for it, and I need to get it done, and I need to make it happen. And that's all right. true, and that's, that's well and good in the beginning. But as you um, continue to move forward and grow 
you know, especially with like the contributor being added on, you know, seeking out more speaking engagements, all that kind of thing. And I'm sure you guys can see that kind of some of the pressure that comes with growth, right? You know, you've indicated before, you know, work-life balance. And just the sheer nature of, you know, you have a a big family, you have um, just other jobs and obligations and stuff like that. So the point of delegation is really sitting here and figuring out, okay, what can only I do as a ministry owner and what could I potentially give over to someone else that I really trust, (laughs) right? That's the whole point of delegating is bringing on partners um, in your process. And and technically I'm, you're not necessarily delegating work to me, but I'm kind of a person that comes in and tells you, okay, let's do it this way and let's do it that way. And, and here's a strategy for you. And part of that strategy is trying to relieve a little bit of the administrative pressure on you all so you can focus on that content creation, you know, books and speaking and all that kind of stuff, and then helping you see um, what are areas that you're just so used to doing that maybe you don't even think, oh, someone else could do that for me in like an hour, but it saves me, you know, five hours, right? Right. So. So that's kind of the purpose of that exercise is really to figure out, you know, what could you guys pass on to someone else? And what you listed was graphic design work, which is true. Um, the writing and blogging with the contributors is fantastic. That's actually a key way to delegate the content curation and social media tasks. Um, so really, when we're looking at social media, which I'm assuming you mean scheduling, right, like having consistent wow. Right, so things and things like that. Okay, hold on. I'm typing that in here because consistent posting. Oops. Okay, and actually, those are actually two separate things. So consistent posting is something that will actually, we're going to talk about that in the next phone call in a little more detail. But consistently posting information is actually something you can automate fairly easily. What's more important is the what to post. So right. part, of the, part of the reason we're working on these categories is because that's going to influence the what to post piece, okay? So we're okay. going to do the category piece first, and then we're going to talk about how you can t- take that category information and, and have a strategy for social media of what to post and when, um, because all of this is tied together. It, it's not just to help you all on an administrative perspective, right? It's also to make sure that we're communicating with your audience in a clear and concise way and also a consistent manner. So we're going to do the categories first, and then I'm going to show you how to implement that into the content. So your blog, you know, newsletter, your social media, okay? Okay. Okay, now graphic design work. Do you guys do all of your own, like, images and stuff like that for your blog? Um, yeah, Willie does them. Willie does them? Okay, hold on. Let me. I was trying to open your website, and it closed on me. Okay, the cool he, thing uh, about – I'm sorry, what? I was just saying he, like, we, we do take pictures, but we also use, like, Canva for mm-hmm. um, a lot of pictures. Okay. So in Canva, are you using, like, the, the basic free version? No. Well, I guess so. I mean, because we, we actually had an account. We have an account with them now, but we we purchase – whatever it is, we purchase the pictures. We have to purchase them every time. So, um, Okay. But um, 
Okay, so Canva has two different options. There's a free version of Canva where you log in and they've got um, you know, all the templates that you can choose from. And then you can upload your own images or you can purchase like from their little library and it's usually like a dollar or so, an image. Um, they also have a version called Canva for Work. Um, and I don't know that you guys are quite at the point where we need that yet, but I'm just going to tell you about it. And that's usually, I think it's like $10 a month. And what's, what's cool about Canva for Work is it's meant to be a, like a collaborative tool. So, for example, you have all of these contributors, right? And so you could literally have Canva for Work where all of your branding elements were there, like your logo, the, the colors that you want them to use when they're creating images for their posts. You know, you could have a few templates you know, where they could just throw on a quote or something like that saved. Um, and the other cool thing about Canva for Work is you have the ability to automatically resize the images. Do so you know how, like, Facebook, you know, has one ideal image size? You know, Pinterest has another. Instagram has another. You know, they all have these different images, image sizes to optimize. And um, Canva for Work allows you to create one image, and then you click a button, and it transfers everything into all those other images, and you don't have to do it manually. So that's kind of cool. But, um, you know, that's something we can talk about later. Um, the one thing about Canva, it, you know, they have a lot of templates, um, but they're, they're kind of becoming so big that you can sometimes tell when someone's using a, a Canva image template. You know what I mean? Right. So one of the things I put in here um, is – a, a link to some free training about Canva. Um, this gal has some training courses on how to just kind of customize some of the templates so they just look a little more um, um, generated by you versus just a template. You know what I mean? So okay. I just put that in. I just put that in there so you guys can see it. I I like to use Canva as well, especially for quick images, um, and so you don't I'm have to invest. That. Pardon me? Where, where can we find that at? The training? Yes. Oh, it's in the notes. You'll get it when I send you the notes. Oh, okay, okay, because we're still looking at the notes from last when, from right. Wednesdays ago. Okay, all right. Right, right. I'm, no, no, it's okay. I'm talking about um, – I'm going through um, the notes for this week, and then I'll send them to you just like I did last week, right? Oh. So you'll have, you know, the updates of what we're talking about, and then you'll have your, your homework assignments. So one of, one of those assignments is to go through that pre-training. Okay. Okay, cool. That's all good. That's good. Um, on the, the SWOT analysis, the same thing. What were your thoughts as you were doing that? I know a little bit of it because you guys emailed me, but, like, how did it feel to kind of put down on paper, like, your strengths and your, the opportunities that are in front of you? Um, weaknesses and threats. It's hard to evaluate a ministry from that perspective, but it's also a good thing because it, it helps you see gaps that you may not have been aware of before because you were just going full speed, right? Right. Um, I definitely felt like as far as the threats that I wanted to make sure that we had identified all the ones that we possibly knew and then become more knowledgeable of what some other ones were. So just because we could possibly think that in, that something is an opportunity, but it really is a threat to what we're trying to do. So, um, right, like that, I want to be more aware of what things could possibly be a threat. Mhm. Okay. So I think um, when I was reviewing this the other day, I love the strengths that you put. 
<laughs> just so you know, they're so good. And I think, and I think honestly, um, I don't know. I, what's hard to do in ministry sometimes is really objectively take a step back and look at yourself, right? And you right. guys have some great strengths going for you. And just from a personality perspective, um, the boldness and the willingness to kind of try new things and push forward, um, you know, to do whatever you can with the ministry is fantastic. And I really think the unity, um, we've talked about that before, and unity can be a struggle, you know, just because of different personalities and different strengths within each person, you know, in the ministry. So that's all really, really fantastic. Um, Weaknesses, a lot of this is stuff that we had talked about, you know, in just the very first first phone call when we were talking about working together. And um, I wanted to assure you that, that there's a lot on this list that you put down as weaknesses and there's definitely um, a strategy that I take you through to address these. Okay. But it's not going to be we're going to do all these nine things in the next call, okay? There's a reason I'm going through things kind of in order, okay? So we okay. start out, you know, obviously with kind of your perception of the ministry and where you think you need to improve on and what you think you're strong on. And then I take this information as I craft each phone call and kind of integrate training in those areas for you, right? But okay. also giving my input into, you know, as we continue to move forward, because we have a long time together, right? And right. so as, as we continue to move forward, I'm always going to tell you, okay, well, this, this is an opportunity I see. You know, here's a potential solution. Let's talk about it. It's exactly why I mentioned the WordPress versus Wix. That's an example of me kind of speaking into, you know, what I see as a possible opportunity to improve upon, okay? So we'll, we will get to all of this, trust me. But okay. in, the, in the order of what we need to work on, we have to focus very strongly on kind of the branding and the organization of the website and then also set in place um, some strategy, but also just process for you, right? Because the key issues that you guys have indicated over and over and over again is you feel like you're not engaging with your audience in a consistent manner. You're not always knowing where to find them, and you're not always knowing what to post. So that's what we're right. working on right now. But, but before we really, really dive into specific content to post, we have to make sure, and this is actually what we're about to talk about on the new notes, but we have to make sure that we know um, several things about who you're trying to attract to the ministry and what impression those people are getting of you, you know, while they're there, okay? Okay, so having said that, um, last question, did you guys – have a chance, like, how do you think you're doing with, like, the scheduling and work-life balance right now? We're still trying to figure it out. We're still working okay. through it. Um, we did start working on some block scheduling. We haven't completely implemented it, but I feel like we okay. took a step in just creating the block scheduling. We downloaded the Google Calendar color-coordinated thing, so I think that we're taking steps to help get that into play very okay. soon. Good. The one thing I will say about block scheduling, because it really is kind of a learned habit, right? <laughs> and so, you know, here's the thing. You, you guys can make your first draft and you can try it for a week, you know, and then maybe reconvene and, and say, okay, this didn't work or that didn't work, you know. And it's really just a matter um, of personally what I love about block scheduling is most of the articles encourage you to put in your personal stuff first 
So like quiet time, you know, lunch once a week together or date night, you know, time with the kids or any activities that are going on or vacation or whatever um, as non-negotiable time, right? Um, right. And so that, I think that's a great key feature of it because then you feel like, okay, the, the work that has to be done can be filtered around what is most important, which is time with God and time with family, right? So yeah. the, the work aspect of it, it's just going to take – I mean, it, I think when I first started doing block scheduling, it took me about maybe about a month, month and a half, before I finally figured out the right balance for me, for my personality, for my schedule, for my kids. So, you know, don't be discouraged if it doesn't work at first. It's just going to require you two communicating, you know, maybe once a week or every other week and going, okay, I was really stressed out this week. Let's figure out why. And it might just be moving blocks a little bit differently than the the way you set it up at first for work, okay? So just be encouraged to that. But eventually you'll get into a groove and you'll know what to expect and it'll be awesome. Okay. <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay, and then you guys said that you looked at WordPress and, and you're definitely um, looking at WordPress for sure, or are you looking at any other options? Um, we're pretty much looking at the WordPress. Um, we're, right now we're trying to figure out the transferring something reasonably affordable as okay. far as transferring from Wix to WordPress. I mean, the thing, one thing was it, was it was just trying to figure out the process of doing it. I mean, like she, I know she was adamant about switching to WordPress. I still was hesitant about switching to WordPress. We were talking about it, but in her mind, it was already set that we were switching. And in my mind, it was an option on the table to switch. Okay. And I even suggested okay. the SEO as far as the SEO for Wix and everything. But um, I was, I we are going to switch. I'm, I'm on board with switching to WordPress, I guess. And it's just the, the um, actual process of, and I'm reading, reading the article that she just showed me this morning. That kind of talk through that, walk through that process of how how to do it, because that's where my mind was. Okay. At. I didn't know how how it worked. How it worked. Okay, so well, <laughs> I'm gonna throw another wrench into the equation. And um, you know, I I had my own designer, and we were talking the other day, and I was asking her, you know, what would you recommend? You know, because Wix and Weebly are a certain um, type of website platform, and then there's WordPress which WordPress can be a little complicated, especially the transferring and all that kind of stuff. And she was telling me about another option called uh, Squarespace, which I'll send you the link to, which she said is in the middle, like from a tech perspective. Um, but what's cool about Squarespace is it has the themes that you're talking about, but it's not as overwhelming. Like the thing with WordPress is you could literally find thousands of themes and plugins and all sorts of stuff, right, to kind of throw in to make it do what you want to do. Um, right. the, other cool thing about, the other cool thing about Squarespace is it has built-in SEO. You actually don't have to set it up, which is, which is cool, right, because SEO is kind of frustrating to most people. Um, they don't have a lot of plugins to add. It just kind of comes with a lot of functionality. Um, and it's that same kind of drag and drop, you know what I'm talking about, when you're trying to build your pages. Um, so I'll, you know, I'll send it to you to look at as another example, and it might meet what you both want, right? The simplicity and the clean feel, but not a lot of tech transfer. Um, the other thing that you might want to consider, although it's always an investment, Willie, I'm sure you can do it on your own, but if you feel like it's going to be a process where you're afraid of losing content or something like that, I mean, you, th there's definitely the possibility of finding someone who can do the transfer for you, you know, for whatever price. Um, I'm not saying you can't try it first, 
you know, but just keep in mind the most important piece before you transfer anything is to make sure you have a backup storage of everything on your current website. You know, the content and copy and images and all that kind of stuff, you need to have it saved just in case, you know, when the transfer happens, some of it gets removed. You know what I mean? Okay. But yeah, I do agree that um, you do need to move to something. And you know, Squarespace and WordPress, WordPress, I'm sorry, can be interchangeable. And um, Squarespace just seems to be more of a um, less tech-heavy solution. And it, and it comes with a store, by the way. That's the other thing. It comes with store integration and and checkout and all that kind of stuff. Where are you guys paying for a, a store right now? Uh, pretty much, yeah. I mean, the for the Wix, um, we're paying a annual fee. The Wix, which is, I mean, it just it actually just went up. It's like two hundred something dollars. Okay, and it included the store feature. It includes for the package that we got. It does include the store. Got feature. it. Okay, cool. Okay, so again, as you guys continue the conversations, it it really boils down to you know WordPress versus Squarespace. It it really has more to do with what is it going to be um, – what's going to be the best format that you all can easily use? You see what I mean? Right. So that I don't want to – really, pros and cons of each, they're pretty comparable, right? Um, it's just a matter of, you know, which one is going to be easier for you to update and, and change and all that kind of stuff down the road. Okay. You know that part I'm not – I think once we learn it, then – I'm okay with that because I'm a quick learner. I, my, I guess my biggest thing is it's between the two seeing I want to see what other who what other larger platforms use and kind of mm -hmm. model model behind it because I think like Michael Hyatt uses WordPress and I just see how how he does. It, mm -hmm. it is. So I, and okay. I don't know who who uses Squarespace, but I would like to compare yeah. it in that because I definitely yeah. figure I know we'll learn it. Like that's not that's that's not the big 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 problem to me. I just I want to make sure we model after somebody that's using that. Whatever they're using, we want to use it if it be a successful in a sense. Exactly. Yeah, and I have some examples I can put in your notes for sure. Okay, cool. Okay, so the, the next thing I want to talk about, I'm, I'm just going to touch base. This is actually some of your homework. <laughs> so I'm going to touch base on this and explain it to you um, so you know what you, you need to do. Okay. So last time we talked a little bit about your brand. Um, and I have in the notes from before just some notes about what your brand is, right? And I told you, you know, it's more than the visual content on your website. It really needs to reflect the feeling you want people who are coming to you to have. Um, you know, what impressions you want them to have of you, what core values, what is your mission statement? So part of what I'm going to have you work on is clarifying that. You may already have elements of this. You may, you may already have a mission statement. You may already have... Um, just core values, but I want you to kind of document them and really have a conversation about is are those still true at this moment in time on where you're going, right? Because when you started out, like anytime you start anything, it could have been one thing, but as you've grown, as, as you've written more articles, as you've connected with more people, you know, there might be tweaks that are needed and um, just right. given the, the audience that you're attracting, right? And um, right. the, other the other piece of this is your brand really needs to attract the right audience. 
So having a conversation about who do you want to attract, what do those people look like? So I have a a little exercise in here for you to just kind of talk through that. Um, Now, that doesn't mean that it's just one person, right? So we talked last time about how you might have, like the foster care is a perfect example. If you're getting a lot of people who have the foster care situation who are trying to figure out how to apply your principles to their situation, that might be an example of one type of ideal audience that you want to attract. So we've got to figure out who those people are so that we can make sure the visual look of the website, the copy of the website, the categories of the website, and the social media all tie together to appeal to those people. You see what I mean? Okay. Yes. Okay. So there's a couple questions in here for you all to answer that relates to that. Um, I have on here um, I, the category. This is the actual specific assignment is to create the categories. It sounds like you guys have already talked about it. Um, but I want what, what I want you guys to do is list the categories you think you should have and kind of the reasoning behind it. And then I'll go over with you in the next call um, any changes or tweaks I think you might need to make to that and why. Okay? Okay. 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 And then I have kind of a funny assignment right now that we're going to do right now, okay? And then I'll explain to you what it's about in the notes. <laughs> okay. okay, so just bear, bear with me, okay? This has okay. to do with brand. It has to do with branding, and it has to do with your audience, okay? okay? So if you all were going to hold, like, like your dream dinner, okay? Like if you could have this amazing event that you coordinate, where would that be and what would it look like? Um, and I promise I would, you this has a real yeah, okay. reason I'm asking. <laughs> I would say it would, it would be um, like a hotel uh-huh. with, in, in a con- not a conference room, but like, um, I guess a, a large conference room. Or, no, I, I actually, if it was my dream, it would probably be in somewhere like, um, what do what do they call those where they play they play basketball and stuff like that? Um, like a community center? No, not a community center. A large. What is it called? Hey, what am I trying to say? Like where the Cavs play or somebody like that? Like a well, I say a stadium, but kind of like an yeah, arena. Like, right, like an arena, and then okay. a, in the middle with um, millions or thousands of couples sitting there listening as we talk through better than blended. Um, Yes, that's why I see it. It's like we talk through it or, uh, or us getting interviewed, and then there's opportunities for them to walk outside and get different people that have connected to Better and Blended because they have a similar focus or idea or something like that with us. But you said a dinner, right? Yeah, it could be a dinner. I mean, you could have a dinner aspect to it for sure. Okay, what type of food would you serve? Kind of food. Um <laughs> I was, I would say fish, mm-hmm. and maybe like baked chicken, vegetables, a salad, rolls. Maybe a potato. Potato, yeah, potato. Do you um, feel like this would would be a formal event or an informal event? I would. Something like that. I would want it to be a formal, a, a formal to semi-formal event. I mean, I would want it to be formal. Formal people actually dress up. And come out and and do something because I think a conference, in my mind, a conference will be more of an informal 
or as far as we had something that was like a dinner style, um, it would be more of a kind of recon- recognizing and giving them information and actually, like, I would want it to be more formal. That's my thought. Okay. Okay. So you've already stated that you want, you know, a bunch of people, thousands of couples. Okay, if you could have guests of honor there, what, who would they be? Oh, that's a hard question. Two to three. Two to three. <laughs> yeah. I, it's hard for me to say because I don't feel like there's a lot of people that speak on this particular issue that would say that I would be able to say, okay, that particular person. But it doesn't. So, it, it doesn't have to be people that speak on your issue, though. Like who oh, would okay, your okay. yeah? Who would your dream guest be? I would say Lisa Turkhurst. Okay. One of one one of my dream guests would be Francis Chan. Okay. okay. I just, I just love his heart, so okay. he would be. Um, and I the the third person. I would say my dream guest. I would say my pastor. Yeah. Your pastor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Why Lisa Turkhurst? Um, this is because I love her presentation, and I feel like she really addresses so many different topics and is very creative in how she presents the Word of God um, mm-hmm. and also just creative in how she she's just very authentic when she speaks, when she talks, um, and through her books, they're always very authentic, and they deal with heart issues in a way that deal that can actually cause you to assess your heart and see see a change in it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And what about your pastor? Um, I believe it's similar. Authenticity. Uh, They actually model stuff for us. And, I mean, just the fact that they pull us in and and, kind of say, hey, we want to walk this this journey with you guys. If you guys need anything. And they've they've been pouring into us a lot. Um, And I would say because you have a sense of humor. Yeah. Sense of humor. Okay. So I know you said thousands of couples, but what would you talk about outside of your ministry? Okay. So if you could sit down at each table with these people, what would you talk about? We'd talk about life, the challenges Mm -hmm. and um, how it can bring you into purpose and how the frustrating things is just generally just talking about life and getting in perspective on life and things that maybe we've experienced that, um, has drawn us to certain directions. Yeah, and I think really just hearing hearing their hearts, hearing what they what they're experiencing, and you know, cause, and I guess it's hard to separate the ministry from it because the ministry is is what we live. So um, yeah. it still would be kind of intertwined in it, just not in a formal sense of hey, go get this book, but really just okay. what's going on with you? How many kids do you have? Like, what are some of the challenges you're facing? Stuff like that. Okay. What would cause you stress during this event? Um, the planning. <laughs> but, but if it was already happening, it would probably be making sure that everything ran smoothly. Okay. What do you mean by everything? Like, um, what would... I mean, just as far as the timing, being conscious of people's time, making sure that people walked away uh, feeling like it was worth their time, that they didn't waste their time, even if it was just a dinner, walked away just feeling like, man, this was a good time. And um, just in conversation with them, I feel like 
I've grown or I've gotten some wisdom or something like that. So I just don't want people to feel like they they wasted their time, even if it's just a dinner. Okay. Do you have anything to add to that? I would say, um, <clears throat> I mean, I'm analytical, so I think a whole bunch of different things. But coming from the perspective of where we're at now, if we had that going on, I would just say um, people being there. Like, that would be, I know that's part of planning, but, like, actually engaging people to making sure they got the message um, that this event was occurring and the marketing mm-hmm. of it and making sure people um, knew that it was available, like, so that they can actually come. So people were actually being in the seat. Okay. Okay, so let me explain what all this means, okay? Because I know it's kind of a random, or it feels like a random question. But I, I don't even know if I answered the question thoroughly. So. You did, you did, you did fine. Okay. And so you did, okay, so the purpose of this really has to do with, um, so like the atmosphere question and the food, okay? What it is meant to represent has a lot to do with your online branding. Okay, so it's interesting to me, there's a, the only kind of disconnect I, I see is, is in the very first answer. Okay, so let me just explain to you why. When you think of um, what your space looks like, what your most comfortable, exciting dream dinner would be, like something usually immediately pops into your head, right? And so the first thing well, you I said was that's why I threw off was the dream dinner part. I missed the dinner, but go no. ahead. <laughs> Oh, it's okay, it's okay. Okay, well, yeah, okay. So what you described had more, more to do with bringing a whole lot of people together in, in, in a setting with which to educate them and inspire them in. That's not a bad thing. That is a goal, and that's a good thing. Um, so what's interesting to me is then one of you said something about it being more semi – I think, Willie, Willie, you said that. You would think that this would be a more semi-formal to formal event. Right, but when you yeah. think about the the answer, like having a stadium arena and having a semi formal event there does not necessarily line up. You see what I'm saying? Right. Okay. That's not a bad thing. It just means that when you guys are thinking through like the website and how you want it to look and how you want it to feel, um, it really needs to have congruency. And um, so and a sense of intimacy and comfort, right? So maybe the question was, you said you didn't hear the dream dinner part, so maybe that's kind of why that's coming up. But the yeah. point of that, the point of the atmosphere is you really want people to come to you and feel comfort, you know, relaxation, simplicity, peace, um, and impeccable service to your readers. Right, you want them right. to kind of come in and feel warmth from you, and relationship from you. Um, so we're going to kind of pass that first answer because I think um, it just wasn't clear. So I'm sorry for that. But really, okay. what 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 is meant to represent is what kind of atmosphere do you want? You know, the food. You know, the way you answer the question has a lot to do with your personality. So if you say like a formal sit-down dinner, fish, chicken, all that kind of stuff, um, it would be very different from someone who says, I'd have a big gigantic barbecue. You know what I mean? It just conveys a a different level of um, how you all like to present yourself. 
So it sounds like, um, and we've talked about this before, that professionalism is very important to you for a couple of different reasons. Um, the comment you made about the theme earlier, Willie, is a perfect example. You want to make sure you use something that's being used by someone else that's further along than you are, right? You want it to look professional. You want it to be user-friendly. Um, you want it to be clear and articulate. And you want it to be a great experience just from where the people navigate, you know, in your website and all that kind of stuff. And that's good. Um, but I also think that um, th this whole notion of bringing a lot of people together is not too far off, Rachel. Like, that's, that, that answer to me indicates that you're already thinking ahead. You're not stuck right. in where you guys are now. You're thinking, okay, what does God want me to do with this and how do I get there? So don't feel that's a good thing. <laughs> that's all good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, the guest had a little bit to do with how um, you all want to come across, what you model or what is your ideal of communication um, with your readers. So like Lisa Turker, she said, you love her presentation and style, how she presents and teaches the Word of God. She's authentic. She really talks about heart issues. Um, Francis Chan, you guys said you love his heart. I also noted he's very service-oriented and he's very passionate, right? He's very, like, he, yeah. he, he uses unique kind of out-of-the-box ways, you know, to describe right. yeah. um, sometimes complex truth or complex topics. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, your pastor, you said authenticity. I can never say that word, authenticity. And um, I love that you said that he that they model and not just talk at you, right? So I think that's the core value of you all, of being able to not just give information to people, but actually be able to teach them how to walk it out in their own life. Right. Um, humor, humor, you kind of have to have it, you know, in the yeah. situations <laughs> that you guys are in. And I'm sure I have no experience with what how you all um, walk through <laughs> life, but – I can imagine with my own two kids and just the complex stuff that we have to walk through and the situations that we have to walk through, you know, we too use a lot of humor, you know, and joking around right. to kind of navigate stuff because sometimes it's all you can do to laugh in the middle of stuff that just seems awful. You know, well, I love that. Okay. And what would you talk about? You said life challenges, um, bringing people into purpose, um, hearing their perspective on life, hearing their heart hearing their experience, and Willie, you said this ministry is what we live, so it's very hard to separate it. That's actually good. It's good. Like, you, can't, you don't want to compartmentalize who you are as people from your ministry. You want it to come through, okay? You want people to come to your website and understand all of this about you, what you're passionate about, in addition to what they can walk away from, your, from your, their interaction with you with. You know, how can they apply this to their life? how they can find connection and community, um, and at the same time, feeling very cared for by you, feeling very, um, what's the word, that you're very invested in their growth, their journey, uh, walking side by side with them. So that whole exercise, as random as it feels, is really to help you understand kind of who you are and what you're about, and then it's my job to help you convey that and everything that you do. You see what I mean? Yes. Okay. Okay. So again, I know it all, I love doing this exercise because people are like, what? What? 
<laughs> but I promise you, yeah, I promise you it makes sense. You know, the key thing is it helps me distill, okay, the feeling that we need to evoke in your website and kind of the look and feel we need to aim for because it really is a balance between you and then what draws your readers to you and then also making the experience as fantastic for your readers as possible. And that plays a little bit into why I'm talking about, you know, changing the website over a little bit and into a theme that's a little bit more, um, um, what's the word? I guess professional, for lack of a better word. Um, what you've done is fine, but often when you are trying to um, engage with readers and you have a site that maybe doesn't have the same functionality as WordPress, it can be a you know, a frustrating experience sometimes from yeah. the user perspective, right? Right. So that's what I that's what I mean by professional is it gives your readers the ability to come in and find what they need and know what they need to do and know how to navigate and know who you are and what you're about. Right. Okay. Okay. So all to say, and um, you guys are really, really, really doing a great job. I love your answers, and and I think that as we move forward, we're going to start walking into a little bit more of um, strategy versus conceptual. These first two calls are always kind of you know we got we gather information, we kind of hear where you guys are. And then that allows me to take what you're saying and interject my strategy recommendation to you so we can move forward and actually start acting and changing some of these things. Okay? Okay. Okay. So um, I have a couple of tools and resources in here for you. And I have a link to just some social media templates. This is kind of a quick fix to the question about how do I post when and where. Um, this is a free, you can sign up and it's emailed to you for free. It's like a freebie offer, so you don't have to pay for it or anything like that. Um, okay. So this will give you a little bit of perspective on starting to think through how we're going to structure um, some of that consistency and when to post and where and what. Um, I have the Canva course on here just for you guys to walk through. Um, what I love about this gal is she, she teaches you how to, like I said, customize some of the templates in Canva so it's a little bit more reflective of you and not like, you know, other people using it. Right. That's fun. Um, and what's really cool about Canva is most people just use them for images, but you can actually create tons of stuff in there, you know, PDFs for free offers, all sorts of stuff you can create in Canva. It just requires a little bit of training. Okay. Um, and then I have two little tweaks that I noticed for um, you all to make as it related to Facebook. So okay. specifically, and I put the instructions in here, specifically um, there's two ways that you can kind of increase visibility for your ministry on Facebook using um, your personal profiles. So for example, Rachel, when I go to your personal profile, you have a little paragraph you know, that describes who you are and what you do, and you have like the little mm -hmm. the URL. Okay. Okay. Um, the instructions I put in here for both of you is how to actually connect your page, you know, the actual Facebook better than blended page into that bio. So it's a link, right? Where oh. people don't have to cut and paste. They can click on it and it takes them immediately to your Facebook page. Um, and then, for example, like when you comment on stuff and if someone hovers over your name, it pulls up like a little pop-up box. 
Right. And what what that will do is it will ha- it will say you know founder of you know better than blended and it will link to the Facebook page. You see what I'm saying? So people oh, okay. can click over, they can like your page, they can see it's a business, all that kind of stuff. And I actually get a lot of likes that way, just so you know. <laughs> it's, okay. it's just a really it's a really easy way to connect your personal pro- profile to the Facebook profile that you guys have. Um, okay. The second thing has to do with um, blog posts that you're sharing. And there is a way, like if you have a blog post on your blog and you share the link in Facebook, um, there is a way to add um, an author ownership to the blog post. So what I mean by that, and I'm, I'm going to send you a screenshot in the actual um, notes so you can visually see what I'm talking about. But normally, when people share a link to an article, you know, it populates like the little image, it populates the title and maybe a little bit of the description. And then right. it usually says like the website name um, and then by so-and-so, okay? So what, I'm, what I did is I put instruction, instructions in here on how you can add um, ownership on the, on the name. So if it's by you, Rachel, it'll say by Rachel Scott, People can click on your name, and then they can see every article you've ever posted on Facebook, right? Oh, okay. Instead of instead of scrolling through your business your page, you know, you, they can just click your name, and they can see everything that you've published. And so okay. that's just an that's another way to increase a little bit of visibility to the other articles and stuff that you're sharing. Okay. So, um, it's it's probably a tech thing that Willie will do, <laughs> but I right. but I posted yeah yeah I posted the instructions on here for you because those are two quick ways that you can kind of um, co- coordinate the personal profile with the business profile, and then also just give people the ability to kind of click through on your name and see more from you versus having to search for it. Now my okay. question is um, uh huh. Now my my question as far as just even posting is I. Some things I'll post on my personal page, and then sometimes I'll repeat it on the, the Better Than Winner page, and sometimes I won't because I feel like the content doesn't really address that, but mm-hmm. maybe something I wanted to say. And so is that okay to do, or should I really be posting everything through the Better Than Winner? Um, okay, tell me again, do you post all of your articles on Better Than Blended, the Facebook page? Yes. No. But then if yes. I, like, make a statement or something like that, I'll, I might just, it may be a random thought I have. I'll put that on my personal page. Oh, right, right. No, you can do that separately. That's no problem. All I'm talking about is the articles that you post on the Better Than Blended Facebook page just need to have an author attribution um, okay. so, people, so people can search and find other articles you've posted on that Facebook page. It wouldn't, okay. it wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have anything to do with your personal profile. Right, it's just okay. it's basically giving them the ability to search for other articles you've written in Facebook quickly. Okay, gotcha. Okay, makes sense. Okay, yeah. but yeah, you can all, you can always share what you want on each page, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later too. And um, I have a distinct strategy I use on my business page versus my personal. And um, I do not share everything from my business page to my personal. You know, we'll talk about that, but, but okay. yeah. Okay, so I know we're almost at time. Do you guys have any specific prayer requests? Uh, um, okay. Go ahead. No, you can go ahead. Uh, I would say specifically praying for, I guess, clarity or mm-hmm. just even 
Uh, not I have to give an example. Like one example will be kind of like what Rachel was saying. Like I may post something, and she'll be like, "Well, why did you post that?" Um, mm-hmm. So being on the same page, because some stuff that I post, I feel like was well, still it's dealing with family, so it could go on the better than blended page. Uh, versus mm-hmm. where she'll be like, well, I wouldn't have posted that. Why did you post it? Why didn't you do it on your own page? So then just praying for clarity on that and praying for that there that it doesn't cause any type of dissension or anything like that. Because some, cause sometimes when she says stuff, I'll be like, well, it makes me feel a certain way. Like, well, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think there was nothing wrong with it. So, But then it'll make yeah. me also feel like I shouldn't post anything because or I'll just be like, well, I won't post anything because I don't know what's going to be okay to post and what's not okay to post. Got it. So okay. Pray, pray for that. And I think, too, some of the category work that we're going to do is going to help you guys with that. So we'll have the categories, and then we'll have this is the type of information you would post under each category. You see what I mean? Okay. So right. just just to give you guys some perspective on, on – and I'm going to actually put a note that we'll need to have a little bit deeper conversation about what you're talking about because usually it's just one person posting. So with both of you – you know, we're going to have to kind of come to an agreement of the type of content and where it should be shared. Um, right. And honest, and honestly, um, I'm going to go look for examples now that you said that because <laughs> I want to see. Um, and maybe yeah. you guys can tell me, uh, give me a few examples of, of things that you didn't necessarily agree on so that I can kind of tell you, okay, here's strategy behind it and here's why you would do it or here's why you wouldn't do it. You see what I mean? Well, like we did like um, uh, he did a Facebook Live, and I guess it was just him and the kids walking. And I, I guess my thing is I sometimes I think I want to be professional almost to the detriment of it, whereas he's like, oh, we can share that, oh, we can share that, oh, we can share that. So I think just finding that balance and, okay, this is a professional, or no, this really probably should go on. Like I understand the concept that he wanted to, to share family time, but I want to, I just want to be strategic with, with certain things, and so I don't know if me being strategic is working for or against. Um, okay, because I don't, I just don't want to be random. Okay, that's fine. So I'm going to put in the homework for you guys to give me at least three examples, and and okay. and, and and put in here, um, you know, why each of you thought it should be there and why each of you thought it shouldn't be there. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, okay. And then I'll we'll talk about that. Our next um, conversation actually has all to do with social media content and what type of content to post and all that kind of stuff. So make sure you do the homework so I can go over it before we have that call and because it will help me kind of tell you, you know, the reasonings behind. There's definitely a balance between um, personal and um, business-oriented stuff, Um, but I want to see some of those examples before I tell you um, kind of the breakdown of how that should look, okay? Cool. Okay, that sounds good. I think honestly what I'll say too is remember that you guys are for each other and you're for the ministry, right? So this isn't yeah. really an issue of someone being right or someone being wrong. Some of it could be just personality, the different ways you guys express yourselves, right? Um, right. But also also remember, you know, your readers, again, are coming to you for professional advice, but they're also coming for relationship. So it's right. it's not my answer is not going to be it's an either or my answer is going to be it has to be a balance right right and 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 knowing when to do it in in, in a way that draws people to you um, but also gives them the value that you want to give them right you know? okay anything else no I, I mean I pretty much agree with what he was saying just finding that we're good um, okay yeah okay cool. Okay, so um, I know bells are ringing. Do you guys want to email me about times to meet, or do you want to set that up now? We can set it up now. 
Okay, so two weeks from now is June 1st. Do you will the same time work? Yes. June 1st and 15th? Yep, that's it. Okay, cool. Then I'll put that down. Okay, well, I'll get your notes to you in about 30 minutes. I want to make some adjustments to what we've talked about. Um, but as usual, if you guys have any questions about any of the homework as you're going through it, just shoot me an email and I'll clarify. But I will definitely be praying over the continued unity and just the ability to really – you guys are working so well together, but you're also so close to it that you may not always see it. You know what I mean? So I just want to encourage you <laughs> in that area. You know, some of the stuff that's coming up has more, again, more to do with just different personalities and different ways that you guys think than anything else. And so I'm definitely going to be able to help you kind of integrate both of your personalities into the strategy that we use um, and just make sure that it's effective, right? Okay. Yeah. Good. Perfect. Okay. Well, y'all have a All fantastic right, rest of your week. You Bye. too. Okay. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Mm -hmm. Bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.